This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome everybody to College Dame Day. We're excited that you're listening and we will get our episode started with a game. Amy, what do you have for us this week? We are telling our favorite conference championship games. I'll go ahead and I'll start. And I said to pick one for like Nebraska and for somebody else. So I'll go ahead and start with Nebraska. And I'm going to go with the 99 championship. You suck. I have no backups. Well, then we can just do it together because it was a good one. Okay. I looked up some stats and it was the biggest crowd at the Alamo Dome. And it was the most, at that time, it was like the most attended Big 12 championship that there was, which FYI, I don't think is very fair because we were playing Texas in Texas. But anyway, we had an awesome game. Texas's offense didn't score once all game long. They did um, score a touchdown on a fumble that they ran back, um, but then they went for two and missed it. So they scored six points the whole game. Our defense showed up. They had a crazy good game. We sacked Major Applewhite so many times. Uh, Mac Brown said in the press conference, he was, said that no one had ever like stopped them like that. They'd never seen a defense like that. And then to cap it all off, Bevo pooped on the field. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he pooped on the field in the end zone, and they had to like get these shovels out and like clean up after him. It was, I just remember having an awesome defense. Um, Josh Brown was our kicker, um, and we, we did get off to kind of a slow start. We had to kick some field goals, but he came through. It was just nice having a kicker you could rely on. So, yeah, that was my favorite. And plus, it's Texas. So, anytime you get to beat Texas, it's just it's just good. And they, they had, I think, beaten us like three times in a row up to this point. And I remember Mike Brown at the, the post-game press conference said that he can die now. He can, like, die happy because he'd accomplished everything he wanted to do in his life. And beating Texas was, like, the last thing. So, that was my pick. <laughs> Amy's like, we'll share it. And then she like tells all the stats. <laughs> I know. There's nothing left for me to add because that was also the conference championship that I had chosen to talk about. Not much for me to add, but I will say one of the sweet things about that game was that we were 11 and 1 that season and our only loss was to Texas. So mm-hmm. we avenged that loss by beating them in the championship game. And then we went on that year to beat Tennessee in the Fiesta Bowl. So it's a good year of football. Laura, what was your... So you don't have to go way back for mine, but first I want to remember, Major Applewhite, I feel like it was at Texas for like nine years. I swear he's like snuck in there. And every time that he played us, they would all, because he looked like like a young Tom Osborne for some reason, they would like do side-by-side comparisons of like how they could be related. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. I can kind of see it, kind of, but no, I don't remember that. I've totally forgot about Buck Halter, though. I was when I was when you mentioned the game, I was pulling up some stats, and I was like, oh yeah. Oh, Carl Buck Halter, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Him and Dan Alexander him. were like a very dynamic backfield for us. Yeah, and we got a safety that game. That is a good we one. Did. That was fun too because we did get a safety in it. Like we could have gotten a touchdown on it. It was like a really poor snap and it went over Major Applewhite's head. And if we just could have just fallen on it, but it went out the back of the end zone. So still fun. So I a little bit of caveat. You said pick a conference championship game, and like the true conference championship games didn't start until like the nineties. But it's still technically a conference championship game. Do you guys know when Nebraska won their very first conference championship? Are we talking, like, way back in the 1800s? Yes. <laughs> what was that coach's name again? <laughs> it was, like, Frothenbotham or something. <laughs> it was not him, though. Oh, okay. Um, oh, it was, like, Longenford. Uh, it was some very British-sounding name. Um, no, so our first, I say, quote-unquote, conference championship was in 1894. The head coach was Frank Crawford. We finished with a record of 2-1. and one. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot uh, about Frank Crawford. I know. What a legend. What a legend. It was actually my favorite. Um, it was the first time actually Nebraska had a coach for back to back years. Before that, we'd gone through a different coach every year. And I was not... <laughs> the fans were calling for their heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
They're like, that's it. We're only two and one. Not good enough. But it was really funny because I was just like reading through it and looking at some of the games. And like they played more than three games that year. They actually played and about 12 or so i'm trying to quickly do the math here but a lot of them were like exhibition games so they played like a couple of like the omaha ymca ballpark um actually they played three of them there they played um just different locations like lincoln high it just made me laugh at how Who i don't know how playing exhibitions were they like scrimmages we played lincoln high grinnell doan um at missouri oh, okay kansas Not ottawa good. yeah so there was, at that point, Kansas and Missouri were in the conference, and then I think Iowa joined a little bit later. So those were the two teams that were technically in it. And then the other thing that's, like, really funny is I was, like, reading the coaching staff. Guess how many people were on the coaching staff that we had to pay? Three. Yeah, I was going to say three. Very close. It's five. <laughs> we had a head coach, a trainer, two managers, and captain. So, yeah. I just figured you guys would pick the 99 one, so I went pretty old school on this one. And final trivia question, what was Nebraska's team name at that time? Bug Eaters. We were the Bug Eaters at that point. So, yes, let's hear it for our 2-1 and conference champions of 1894. They were just so used to the three-win seasons that they had to get rid of the coaches. Yep, but that's what I picked. Okay, did you guys pick one that was non-Nebraska? Yes, I did. Okay, I just want to do a a runner-up. This one is doesn't really fall into either category, but I just had to give a shout-out. Our only Big Ten Conference Championship that we played in, um, we played against Wisconsin, who, FYI, uh, we beat earlier in the year, so I don't quite understand how this game went. Not a good game. What? That was not a good game. It was not, but... Do you guys remember the hit that Kenny Bell put on Devin Smith in that game that still lives to this day? You think targeting wasn't a thing back then? (laughs) I just remember he did get a penalty, and I remember the announcers losing their minds, and it it was not targeting. He hits him like it's like his kind of like shoulder and forearm in Devin Smith's like upper chest. There was no head or neck involved, and they didn't call. They called a unnecessary roughness on right. the hit, <laughs> and the announcers were losing their minds. They were like, "That's the best hit we've ever seen. This is football. Come on, guys!" Like they were livid. They were like, "It's the best hit they'd ever seen." I like I just watched that thing in slow mo and watched like. Devin Smith just get close. <laughs> it's my favorite hit ever. Amy likes to see in the dark at night and replay classic Nebraska clips. I mean, obviously he was just blocking away from the ball, so it's not even the main point of the play. You know, you just see it like out of the corner of the screen, and oh. it just absolutely levels that guy. The um, actually, it was a key. Like the runner was go- going right. right past him. It was we got a touchdown off of it that got called back, which was dumb. But anyway. I just remember Martinez's really long run where he was, like, back in the pocket, like, dancing, 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 and then, like, finally yeah. took off. It's weird because I was, like, watching highlights of the Wisconsin game earlier in the season where we beat them. And um, it was just here weird hearing, like, Martinez in the pocket, Martinez, Martinez, and it being, like, Taylor Martinez and I, Adrian, I don't know. But he was so fast. I forgot how fast he was watching him. Man, he was fast. Who wants to go first in their non-Nebraska best conference championship? Megan, why don't you? So no one takes yours. Okay, I don't think anyone's going to take mine because the truth of the matter is... I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like I don't have one. I could think of one. It's just I don't have a favorite because I don't really care about those teams. Right. But the one that immediately popped to my mind only because it just makes me laugh every time I think about it was the 2014 Big Ten Championship. No, that's mine. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. (laughs) When Ohio State was the first year of the college football playoff, they weren't in the top four. They had lost a game, so it was a long shot for them to even get into the playoff. But they went into the Big Ten championship game, and they beat Wisconsin 59-0. to I don't know. I just think that is hilarious for some reason. The other reason I picked that game was this was the first year that the Big Ten was playing. Um, it was the East and the West. Instead of the legends and the leaders. Yeah. So stupid. It was such a positive change for the conference. I just thought for those two reasons, I'll pick that game. Okay. Well, I have two, but I'll just do one for right now. So I am going to pick 
It also involves Ohio State. It is November 18th, 2006. It's actually Michigan versus OSU. First of all, the first thing that strikes me is like, it says the capacity at the stadium is 102,000. It says the total attendance was 105. So apparently some standing room only seats, or I guess they're counting the players on the, I don't know. But essentially, it was such a close game. OSU ended up winning 42 to 39. It was number one, um, Ohio State versus number two, Michigan, which is kind of odd that that matched up. And this was the era, I don't know if you guys remember, like Chad Henney, Troy Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., all of those. But it was just a really good game. I thought it was one that stood out. That's one I picked. Also, the other interesting stat for this game is OSU, even though they squeaked out a win, they had three turnovers to Michigan zero. So I thought that was kind of ironic that they still managed to win. I think whenever that happens, it kind of shows you that they're the better team because if you can still win with three turnovers, then... Yeah, and they went to the national title game that year, too. But that was a game that just stuck out in in my mind. It was a a pretty good matchup, and it was really, like I said, hotly anticipated since it was 1v2. Okay, well, mine is... Actually, and I can't believe I'm going to the SEC, but I'm picking the SEC championship from last year. I just, you guys know me, you know, I'm an underdog. I just like that Alabama was losing, first of all, (laughs) but um, I like that Jalen Hurts, like, came in and kind of, like, saved the game. And I also like, because I think that, like, they both would have gotten into the playoffs if it had been Georgia beating Alabama, like, the other way around. I just like that Jalen came in and kind of, like, saved the game, even though he had been, like, passed over for Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was, like, kind of, like, a cool, like, storyline more than... Actually, but I think the game was good, too. Ironically, <laughs> so I picked OSU the same as Megan, and I also had as my backup the SEC game. I don't know if you guys remember this one, but it was back in 2006. It was when the rivalry between Alabama and Florida was kind of the SEC arena, and Florida that year ended up beating Alabama 31-20. to um, It was Tim Tebow, yes, and I then know. it was the next year that it reversed and Alabama won, but that was a really good game. I liked watching Tebow play. I liked his little Tebow move where he would like pretend to like duck in like he's going to like, QB sneak it and then kind of pop out and like dish it over the top for the touchdown. Um, but I remember that game. That was, a, that was a pretty good game. And that's when Mark Ingram played. There's some legends off of that team too. All right. Well, let's talk about the Nebraska-Iowa game. Laura, were you there? I was, <laughs> Megan. Thanks for asking. It was actually, I know the outcome sucked and yeah. we didn't play the best, but the atmosphere was really exciting. I yelled and screamed the whole time. I think I'm still a little sick from it. To be yelled and screamed or she's sick, for, sick from it? Both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well played. I don't know. It was so disappointing at the end because Scott Frost's like mentality of like no fear of failure. I feel like we once again played so conservative and Kirk friends just like last year went for the jugular and it worked out. Um, it was encouraging to see us battle back um, in the second half. So that was a highlight overall. Like I said, the game turned out terrible, but I actually had a lot of fun in, in the second half up until the last few seconds. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, no, no bowl game this year. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Like I think, what people I mean obviously we really wanted the win we really wanted a bowl game but when you think about us losing to Iowa by three points like Iowa I feel like should have won by a lot more they're ranked a lot higher like Mm -hmm. did you guys see that um letter from like a a Michigan fan I think going around this week it was like like basically he was saying he was saying like I hope you guys keep up this talk of like firing and get, getting rid of Scott Frost. He was like because I can see what's coming, I can see what's going to happen, and it's not going to be good for any of the rest of us in the Big Ten. He was like so you know keep that talk up because he was like what your coach did with not near the talent that Iowa had and like how good of a team that Iowa is. He was like Iowa shouldn't have that game shouldn't have even been close. He was like your coach is doing stuff with nothing. And when he actually gets the players, you guys are going to be running all over the Big Ten and all over the rest of us. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of... <laughs> We're sure this was, like, not an open letter from, like, Bill Moose. <laughs> it's from a Michigan fan. No. no like, signed anonymous Michigan fan. It's, like, from Will Woose. <laughs> no. Which, like, I don't... Here's the thing. Like, I don't really care who it was written by. But the point is, I'm... Yes. <laughs> you, like, you've totally, like, ruined this whole, like, the emotional <laughs> impact of this letter. You've just, like, crapped all over it. No. No, I think that's really nice. I still think Scott's the guy for the job. I just think he ran into a tougher battle than he was expecting. I think it's going to take time. I think turnover is the worst thing you can do right now. And yeah, I'm definitely hopeful that it's, it's, it's at least coming. It's building. It's going to, it's going to be here. So 
No, I think that's really nice. I was just laughing because it sounds like nothing a Michigan fan would actually say. Right. Right. And I don't have proof that, you know, (laughs) Michigan fan was like sitting down. It was like Jim Harbaugh writing it. Like, I don't know. Okay. But I'm just saying it was encouraging because a lot of it was true. Like, we don't have the talent. We don't have the four and five stars that like a lot of the other teams have. But there are still like bright spots that we can see with what we have right now. So think about when we do get the players and the recruits, like I hear that we're getting that we went on a massive like Florida campaign a couple of weeks ago and got a lot um, like some kid decommitted from Miami on his visit here. So I'm just saying like, it's encouraging. Yeah. The last game sucked and not going to a bowl game sucked, but I would rather be us in this situation than like Iowa where they do get a bowl game every year, but they never make it to the big one. I, you know, I'd rather have to go through these sucky years to be great again and get back to the national championships is what I'm saying. Yes. But I mean, if you look at, I think, I think what's frustrating though, is if you look at teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, even Minnesota, which they might be a little bit higher this year or in the past years. But if you look at their recruiting classes, they're not consistently some of the top teams. They're just really good at developing talent. And I think that's what I want to see from Frost is I want to see him. I do want to see him recruit well. I do want to get the five stars, but I also want to see him develop the talent that we have because I mean, Iowa all the time has offensive linemen going to the NFL and it's like, they come in and they're nobodies. Wisconsin is the main one that doesn't get a whole lot of like the stars in recruiting and then develops their players. They're like the best at it. Iowa's not really even that close at it, but um. (laughs) I did. I did have an Iowa fan that was like, I kind of wanted to punch him, but again, I have self-control and I have a child now, Benji to think about as we were leaving. He's like, never, never going to beat us. And then he like kind of looks sad and off to the distance. He's like, kind of like how we're never going to beat Wisconsin. Like, and I was like, Pretty much, but at least he recognizes. We're still, like, ahead in that, like, our record with Iowa is so lopsided still. I don't know what he's talking about, never going to beat them when we have plenty of times. I know, I know. It's ironic to realize that even Iowa knows that Wisconsin is the better Iowa, so. Megan, you're awfully quiet. What do you think? Um, Are you in mourning? Have you taken off your black scarf and your black shawl? Not yet. I am very disappointed that... We are not making it to a bowl game. I recognize that we won one more game than last year. So Megan sounds like she's an AA. She's like, I am sad. I recognize that I'm sad. (laughs) I admit it. I am getting help. I think I am still optimistic about the future. I agree with you guys. I think Scott's the right man for the job. I think things are trending in the right direction. They're trending more slowly than we would like. um, And we have to be patient. But, you know, he is getting recruits in and I hope that they will be developing, you know, the athletes that we're able to get. I mean, I think just looking at someone like Wendell Robinson, who is a five star recruit and is a freshman and had an amazing year. I just see him getting better and better. And I I hope that the team overall is trending in the same direction. Laura, when sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Laura, like when... Because we could hear watching on TV, the whole crowd was like calling after Luke McCaffrey came in and threw that touchdown pass to J.D. Spielman. Mm -hmm. And then like whenever it was time for the offense to take the field, we could hear the crowd like it sounded like booze, but we knew they were saying like Luke or whatever. Do you think like that got in Adrian's head at all? Um, I I don't think so. I think Scott's been pretty adamant that he's behind Adrian um he said before the game they were going to utilize maybe Vedral or McCaffrey on a couple different options so I don't think so I think the very first time that Luke came in before he threw that pass I thought they were booing until I looked up and realized it was Luke coming in so I think that that happened before and then it happened again I'm hoping that it it didn't shake his confidence but I mean maybe I don't I don't think so well that's a good question I, I do think he's up for a battle next year though Right, because, like, no, but I just, like, if that was me, like, even if I know my coach is behind me and I'm not getting taken out, like, to hear the whole crowd, like, chanting for someone else to come in, like, a freshman, that would just, I don't know, that would rattle me a little bit. But he also has that fun name that's easy to do. Like, you can't be like, yo, Adrian! Although we should, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I don't know. I wish we actually had used Luke a little bit more. Because I feel like there were some spots. I I just feel like Adrian's kind of already like a head case and like his hesitating his, I just feel like that did nothing but hurt it. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was his play at the end when they got the penalty that really hurt us. But yeah, I thought he looked, I thought he looked pretty good on that. It was a perfect touch pass to JD. It looked really good. I was bummed when he missed the one day Martinez. That was a bummer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was Martinez's fault. He slowed the route down. And he's so, he could have laid out and, for that too. And still, it still went right through his hands. He still yeah. Yeah, caught yeah. that. Um, but that's kind of the question I had for you guys. Do you feel like Scott's loyalty to Adrian is going to continue next year? Do you think that's hurting the offense? What are your thoughts? I think it's an open contest next year. Yeah, I think Scott will let like, the especially because he'll be done redshirting. And I think that that only like breeds excellence when you have to like earn your spot every game or whatever. So I, I think that's good for us that he's there. I do think that like Adrian is probably one of those people that when the pressure's off, because I keep hearing even from other players, like, oh, the things he does in practice, the types of like athletic plays that he makes and stuff. So I think it's an issue of Adrian getting over this like mental barrier of playing in games and he's got to learn to play with the pressure on him. So if he can like buckle down and get that and win the spot, you know, from McCaffrey, great. If McCaffrey's better, then you know, I guess we'll have to go that way. I just feel like McCaffrey is is quicker mm-hmm. at making decisions and quicker on his feet. And I don't know, there, there's pros and cons to both. Adrian's bigger; he can you know run more with contact. But I don't know. I think it'll be yeah. interesting to see though what happens. I just like the worst case scenario is that like. Frost sticks with Martinez out of just like strict loyalty and not because he's earned it. And then like McCaffrey transfers somewhere like that would be the worst. Right. That's my concern too. And I think with Adrian, it's like at first, I think we were all thinking, Oh, it's a sophomore slump. He's trying to make too much happen. He has a lot of pressure on him. Now there were no expectations last year, this year. He was so amazing that now people are expecting him to play at that level again. And maybe he's just putting that pressure on himself and he's not performing as well. But I think he had 11, 12 games to get over that. Like a yeah. slump is like what we saw from Trevor Lawrence, where he first four or five games of the season, he's throwing interceptions and he's not playing very well. And then he figures it out and suddenly he's cruising. I think with Adrian, I just, I kept thinking, oh, maybe this game we're getting over the hump. And then even in the Iowa game, I felt like we were back at square one again, where he's just not playing well. I mean, there are certain things that were a little bit better here and there, but overall, I just never felt like he was ever able to put it all together. And I think that is a concern because at what point do you say he's not getting over it? You only have 12 games. Yeah. 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 I know. We'll and the see. Thing is, like, I'm really pulling for him. Like, I want... I think he's a nice kid and I want him to succeed, but I also think about all the other players. <laughs> But also it'll win. But I I think of all the other players who are also probably nice guys who are working hard in practice and they would like to, the offense needs to pull, pull it together for their sake too. I mean, it is a team sport. So anyway, I don't know what will happen. I just wondered what you guys thought because Scott Frost has been really adamant that Adrian's his guy, um, at least this season. And so I wondered what you thought about next year. If we would see any movement there. Have to go to the spring game. Yeah. Try and come up in April. I'm going to, like, if it's by Caden's birthday again, I think we're going to come up there. Okay, well, you guys are coming to Omaha in April. You remember that, right? Oh, shoot, yes. Wait, how, is that, like, a weekend away from each other? Uh, when is the spring game? Okay, well, maybe not this next year, then. I guess we'll have to pick your wedding reception. Boo, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Why did you not coordinate your wedding reception with the same game? game? I know. Looking back on it, it's foolish. Okay, I apologize. I did not realize it. It's the weekend before. It's April thirteenth. So if you oh. just want to stay for a weekend. <laughs> well, I thought I thought your thing was April thirteenth. No, it's the twenty fourth. Okay, I guess I need to. <laughs> I screenshotted you to save the dates. My heavens. When? Wait, it can't be the thirteenth. That's a Monday. Hold on. Yeah, the twenty fourth is. Oh, the sorry, no, that's the wrong one. Sorry, hold on. That's tw- it says. T- I googled 2020 and then it came up April 13th, which is 2019. So I guess we don't know yet. Okay, it might not be set. It could be if it's the 25th, that would be great. But I think it's normally before then. Yeah, I think it's probably gonna be the week that Saturday before. Okay. Anyway, well, looking back over the season, the 2019 season, who would you guys choose as your MVP? Ooh, Wandale and JD. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I thought the Davises did pretty well, and both Carlos and Khalil are going to play in the like East West Bowl. And then Khalil was, I think, third team. He was Big all Ten. Big Ten by the coaches. 
Um, Lamar Jackson got second team. So I guess maybe them. Okay. I was going to pick Lamar Jackson, um, but I won't since you just mentioned him, Laura. Um, And I'll say Mo Berry just because he's just like what you think of when you think of Nebraska, just a hard worker. He shows up every game, you know, plays with a lot of heart. He was not as flashy, maybe, you know, but his stats were great. And he was definitely a team leader. Anyway, I just thought that would be a fun question to throw out there. Also, it was senior day, obviously, for the Huskers. And so that was kind of sad and sweet to see all of them mm-hmm. um, for the last time on, on the home turf. I was glad I went. Hopefully next year it'll be a different turnout. Yeah. Yeah, the whole season's going to be different because I think the only games that I could sit down and enjoy the whole way through was Northern Illinois and Maryland. So if we could have some more games like that, yes. that would be awesome. Um, let's for, let's do one more thing. Let's do one more thing before we transition to football and fleek. Let's give the offense, defense, and special teams a grade. Okay. What special you teams, you get a D. I would give you an F, but did have some improvement down the stretch. We did kick a game-winning field goal against Northwestern. Our our kicker did make all the extra points and field goals the last two games. The, the coverage really needs to be improved upon during kickoffs and punts. So I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them above an F. I'm going to give them a D. Okay. Very generous of you. Thank you. Okay. We did struggle a lot. We did struggle with our kicking game. Um, any kind of kickoff or punt returns, we struggled. But we did have some games, um, I think it was the Northern Illinois, where we blocked several punts and we got some like turnovers on them. So I would give them a C minus. There was good and bad. Um, and we did win that Northwestern game because of a kick. So I'm going to, that just bumps it up a little bit more. So I would give them a C because there was good and bad. Okay. Right. Yeah, C minus or a C. Yeah. Towards the lower end of a C. So a C minus. But there was the minus. <laughs> the, the Northwestern kick. Jeez, and- Laura, your D is so inconsiderate. A C minus. <laughs> I'm just giving them more props for the good stuff. Okay. That's very kind of you, Amy. I do agree that there was some good stuff and some bad stuff, but it was mostly bad. So before you guys went, I was going to give them an F, but now I feel like a very mean person. So then we each give them a different grade. Okay, well, I'll go with F then. I'm really unimpressed. I think our kicking game is a disaster. I don't understand what is going on. I mean, if Pickering's still injured. We just got um, a preferred walk-on to um, commit to us. Okay. I mean, maybe it will improve next year. I'm really hoping that it does. But even, even like our punts weren't that great. Like I'm just, I think because Nebraska has such a rich tradition of good kickers, it's very disappointing to see how poorly our kicking game is at this point. And then like Laura was mentioning, just our coverage in the last two games to have a score and then immediately followed up with a punt return for a touchdown. It just uh, takes all the wind out of your sails and deflates the entire team. So it's very frustrating, um, special teams. And I think like an SP plus, our ranking is 120 something. I mean, we're almost at the very, very bottom. So it's hard for us to get any worse. Who invited Miss Debbie Downer over here? Just like we shouldn't have ended with her. (laughs) In conclusion, awful. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let's move on to offense. What do you think, Laura? I Actually, don't think it's the Amy first. Amy, because I oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I talked. Amy, what grade would you give the offense? Okay, here's the hard part because I think we were expecting. That's what she said. Okay, got me back. All right, because okay. we were expecting so much out of them, and like how our offense played last year and stuff, they seem a lot worse by comparison and we forget like all the stuff that like Wandale and JD did. So, and there's also different parts of the offense, but Just overall I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say C plus because yeah, they were kind of the reason that we didn't win a lot of our games. Like when our defense was on the field, all game trying to make stops, trying to make stops. And then like our offense couldn't like score. So, um, they did do some good things. We do have some like incredible talent on offense and like Wandale and JD and stuff, but like overall, I'm going to give them a C because they just didn't get it done when they should have. Okay. All right, Megan. Well, I was going to give the offense a C. 
not a C plus, so this is a different grade. Um, but I agree with Amy. They just didn't win games for us. I felt like our defense a lot of times held us in there, you know, and kept giving the offense opportunities to win games and they just couldn't score, just couldn't follow through. So we did see moments of brilliance. We saw some great plays and there were definitely some playmakers, Wondell Robinson, Dietrich Mills, J.D. Spielman, all of the players at times showed some greatness, but overall it wasn't consistent enough. And I do think our offense was average. So C is the grade I would give. All right. I am going to give them a C minus because if we try to run that screenplay one more time, I'm going to scream. The play calling was not very good. I think we had talent that we didn't utilize to its full potential. I'm glad that toward the end we got JD involved. We got Mills involved. Um, I think we were starting to get the right pieces put together. But just like you all said, they never capitalized. And there were so many times that we went three and out and looked so flat and our defense had to come back on the field. And so for that, and plus all the injuries we had, I'm going to go C minus. Okay. Well, let's finish up with defense. I was surprised by the defense this year. I wasn't expecting them to be very good. And they really stepped up. So I am going to give the defense a B. I think there's always room for improvement, but overall the defense kept us in a lot of these games and I thought they played really, really well throughout the season. What about you guys? I'd give them probably a B as well, B or B minus. Obviously all of our people that made either second or third team were from defense. The Davises did well. Jojo Doman had some good moments. Dismuke had some good moments. Jackson, Barry, And I think they would have shined even more had our offense converted more and kept them off the field. Mm -hmm. Still some room for improvement, still getting beat on some deep balls, still not able to always stop the run, although we've gotten better at it. So yeah, I I would say B minus. Yeah. Amy? All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give them an A minus because, um, well, first of all, our defense was kind of what hurt us last year. It was like the offense carrying us. And then this year it was like a complete reversal Our defense was what kept us in games, and in their defense, uh, I hope Dad listens to this one. That one's for you, Dad. In their defense, a lot of the reasons that they struggled at all or any of their struggles was just because, yeah, they had to be on the field so much. They were just on the field all game long, and of course they're going to get exhausted and tired. But I don't know how many games, um, the first game and then even this like the last Iowa game, our defense was like scoring points. You know, I don't know what the ratio of, like, how many points they scored compared to our offense, but... I mean, they won us a South Alabama game, like, no doubt. They did. And, well, defense and special teams, that was, you know, that was a game where the special teams was all right. But, yeah, like, the Iowa game, that pick six, that's what turned... Like, that game could have gotten ugly, but that pick six turned it around, like, you know, provided a spark, whatever... I guess to me, I'm giving them an A minus just because they were so much improved over last year and they were what kept us in games. The Illinois game, they're the reason we won. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to give them an A minus. All right. Sure. There's our 2019 report card. So we'll be hoping for better grades next season. A- Take it home to your parents, have them sign off on it. That's right. And then you'll be grounded. Um, okay. So anyway, Amy. Okay. Football on fleek. We are picking. The coolest and the ugliest or weirdest of the rivalry week trophies. Hard to so say. Excited. Um, so we'll start with the coolest. Uh, Megan, what is your pick? Okay. Well, my pick is one I did not know much about, so I had to research a little bit. It is called the Territorial Cup. Do you know which two teams play oh. for this? I did not know this one. Okay, Amy, do you know? It's got to be like where they're right next to each other. Well, yes, that is true. It is well, Arizona. I'm going to say Arizona, Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> how How did you do it? Yes, it is Arizona and Arizona. It starts with an A, ends with Zona, and the second one starts with State. <laughs> well, she didn't tell me. All I heard is Arizona. It could have been like okay. somebody else close. Anyway, the reason it's called the Territorial Cup is because Arizona was a territory when they started playing for it because they had the university in existence before Arizona was a state. I'm going to describe the cup to you. It's like a silver, old-timey vase, kind of like, you know, those, like, basins. (laughs) 
It looks like antique. It looks like something. If I could nab it for mom and give it to her for Christmas, I would be the favorite child. Like she would definitely have a place for it with all of her other antique decor. Anyway, it's like very different. It looks kind of weird to see these like big old football players holding this antique silver vase. Um, but they actually lost it and found it in a church basement just maybe 30 years ago, I think. And then they brought it back. Have ashes in it at some point. Yes. Anyway, it gets different and it's kind of pretty. So that was the one I chose. All right. Good one. Laura? I have the best one, you guys. Okay. It's technically an unofficial one, but it's completely organic. And by organic, I mean it became it came about because of like conversations between fans, not because of some stupid conference that said we had to play for it um it is called <laughs> and i actually didn't know that much about it either so i had to look it up but it's called the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy i know about this <laughs> um it cracks me up i'm like <laughs> reading it so okay megan so tell us who's it who's it played between it's minnesota and nebraska yes minnesota and nebraska and it actually came about because goldie gopher and faux polini were tweeting each other and so it's an unofficial trophy. Uh, I was talking to Michael about it. <laughs> Apparently Mike Riley does recognize it because there's like a picture of Mike Riley like holding it, like grinning all big. Pretty sure Scott Ross has not accepted it. But um, it's, it's like the stupidest trophy. But it's kind of funny because like it embraces the stupidity of these games or of the trophies for these games. And so it's like this golden chair on its side with the <laughs> looks like a maple leaf missing out of it. And then on the wood part, it looks like someone's scratched in there, Minnesota v. Nebraska. And so I think it's, I just thought it was pretty funny how that came about. My real pick of my favorite one is something that Wisconsin recently won. It is the axe. So Paul Bunyan's axe between well, Minnesota and Wisconsin. That's fine as well. Oh. And you took it. And okay. also I said, there's supposed to be trophies of the rivalry week. So the Minnesota-Nebraska is not rivalry week. but I understand. I clarified it's an unofficial trophy anyway. That's why I also picked the real one, which was the axe. But then you got upset with me and yelled. Speaking I, of facts, though, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool one. But it yeah, makes I, me nervous when they all grab it after the game and they're like running around the field and it's like okay. swinging back and forth. And I'm I, like, I'm going to die. I thought I it was pretty funny how they were pretending to chop down Minnesota's goalposts with it. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> kind of hilarious. Um, they like all ran down there and they're pretending to. But like the way they were swinging, it was like super awkward. I think it must be like pretty heavy because... Um, yeah, it looks like awkward the way they were swinging it. Watching the kids like try to like carry something that's like way too heavy for them. You're like, ah, please, it's gonna fall eventually. Yeah, someone. But also too, like, how do they transport it back? Do you like put it in the aisle of the bus, or do you like strap it to the top of the car? (laughs) Like, oh oh, gosh, classic. This isn't your question, Amy, but my favorite trophy of all time is the coaches national championship trophy, the crystal football. Yes, the glass crystal ball. Yeah, why I'm so glad we won the coaches poll the year we split with Michigan because they got that butt ugly wooden and metal it thing. Like a water plaque. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a plaque that goes on. It's like a, a foot by foot maybe. And we got the Sears <laughs> trophy. I have a joke. Oh, okay. Okay. It's kind of a joke. Okay. So one of my other favorite trophies is played between TCU and SMU. Do you guys know what it's called? Um, yes, because in my research I came across it, but I don't remember. But it's something. Is that the pencils? No. Oh. It is called the iron skillet. And you know why it's my favorite? Because when's the last time you saw any guys lift a skillet? Good one. That actually came from, yeah, like the frogs jumping in the, like, skillet. Anyway. Yeah, about that. <laughs> that made zero sense. No, because you know how you like. No, you're right, but how you said it makes no sense. Oh. You're like, it came from the frogs in the skillet. <laughs> okay, sorry. Cooking up frogs in the skillet. Um, so, yeah, if I was TCU, I don't know that I'd want to win that. Okay, so, Megan, did you have an ugly one? I do. It is Wait, actually- she got to go first on the other one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Do Laura first. That's fine. Okay, good, because if if any guys have this, too bad. Okay, this is played between, and again, Amy, it's probably not a conference championship game, but it's still a trophy for rivalries. I said a conference championship. I said a rivalry week trophy. Like, the games that we just played, those trophies. Okay, well, it's also not one of those, but I'm still going with whatever I wanted to pick. Okay, well, that doesn't surprise me. Concordia. Okay, but this one's so funny. Oh my gosh, the freaking troll! 
Yes, it's the troll. It's concordia that is off. It's made out of moss and pine cones. That was mine too. That thing is so creepy looking. Amy, that was yours. Yeah. For picking it. <laughs> you just said it had to be kind of me. What? You just got done explaining the rules. Laura's like, I'm not following the rules. And then she picks the exact same thing that you had? Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, anyway. But also, if you, like, look at it, it reminds me of that episode from Friends where Monica and Ross are fighting over the Geller Cup. And Chandler's like, is anybody else seen a troll nailed to a 2 by 4 And I'm like, that's exactly what I think of when I look at this trophy. <laughs> it's got a sassy little belt on, though. Yeah, it's, it's like, super creepy looking. Like, it's like the stuff, like, children's nightmares would be made of. It It's almost got, like, an aardvark, or, like, it's like a snout. What was that uh, snuffle up at the Sesame Street character with the long... Uh-huh. That it's, it's like a cross between an elephant trunk and, like, an aardvark nose. It's very creepy. It looks like some duct tape on the arms. Um, I don't know it's, even how to... It's very it. disconcerting. Yes, and then it's, like, got googly eyes but these aren't regular googly they're like they look like concerned eyeballs it's like the eyes follow you wherever you're looking here megan i'm gonna send this to you because it's it's really bad it's so funny it's like almost so ugly that it's kind of cute but then it's also kind of repulsive so i don't know it definitely wins out on this thing it's like and there's like a seashell on its thigh like i don't even know Emerged from the sea. Oh, there's just stuff everywhere. It's so busy. It's like a one tooth. <laughs> it's a little snaggle tooth. <laughs> yes. Hey, oh, my get it? oh my goodness. It definitely looks like it looks like an art project where you were like you <laughs> what, have, like a three year old did? Yeah. And you, you have like five minutes, the teacher's like five minutes and you have to slap something together and you're like, Oh gosh. Come up with whatever you can with these random supplies. The nose mm-hmm. is the worst. I'm it's, sorry. The more yeah. I look at it, the less like a nose it looks and more like a wiener. It's just like, <laughs> so bad. Okay. Well, I think that would be hard to top. Yes. I do have one for like actual football teams though too because no one really knows Concordia yeah. Moorhead. Um, but it's the um, platypus between... Oh my gosh, that's the one I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. It's supposed to be like... A mix of the two mascots, I think, but it's just, ugh, nobody wants to win that. <laughs> it's just a combination of the duck and the beaver. Well, shout out, uh, Tristan Jebbia played starting quarterback for Oregon State. And they actually, like, played Oregon closer than I thought they would, but Oregon won. Megan, what was your ugly one? Well, I feel like it's not going to hold a candle to your guys' pick. <laughs> But my choice was the egg bowl trophy. It's the golden <laughs> egg. Kind of, I mean, it's very ugly. And it kind of looks like a football. Like if you're standing far away, you're like, oh, it's like a football trophy. But then you're like, nope, actually, it's a perfect oval. It's just an egg. Well, <laughs> did you know that the reason that it kind of looks like that and the reason because that trophy is like one of the first ones ever mm-hmm. and they made it back in the day when the footballs used to be rounder and more shaped like that. So it was supposed to be a football. Um, then footballs became more like elongated and footballish. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's called the golden egg, but that's how footballs used to look more like. So that's why it kind of looks like a football. Well, good trivia. I did not know that. I did know it was one of the oldest ones. And so I do like the tradition behind that, but I did not know that about the footballs. So very interesting. Something new. Speaking of the egg bowl, that was one of the very entertaining games we watched. Laura, did you want to talk about some of those games? All right. Yes, let's talk about those games. I'm actually going to go ahead and start with Washington State versus Washington. Mike Leach had some comments for the reporters after the game. But Washington actually with a surprise win, 31-13 over Washington State. So I got that game. Um, did you guys watch it? I did not. No, I was watching ours. Okay. Yeah, I was watching the score scroll up top, and it was a closer game at the beginning. I still don't know how that happened, because they have one of, like, the best passing QBs in the nation, and I don't, like, as far as throwing touchdown passes, and I don't understand how they didn't score. Like, I don't understand. Washington has sucked all year long, and so, yeah, I'm still not sure how that game happened, but I never watched it, so I couldn't tell you. And the big news there is that Chris Peterson is 
stepping down after this season. Yes. I mean, like anxiety and stress or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, I think everyone is kind of shocked. Yeah. The other game, which none of us called, and this was kind of a shocker as well, is Virginia Tech at Virginia. And Virginia ended up winning 39 to 30. And now they are playing Clemson, which I'm kind of bummed about because I wanted to see VTech play Clemson in the. I did too. I think, I think, I still think they had a better chance at keeping things close with Clemson. And I think if it had been longer, Virginia Tech is very much like a second half team and they just didn't get it going fast enough. So yeah, it come way back. It went into overtime, right? Or no? It couldn't have if it was 39 to 30. Actually, it could have because that was a score from one of the games this weekend. And I was like, how in the world could that have happened? But the first team, I think it was Wake Forest and whoever they played in their rivalry game, they had the ball first, they kicked a field goal. The other team was trying to score. Oh, and like a fumbled and didn't kick the extra point. And he, yeah, scored the touchdown for six points. But you can't, but it's just like a dead ball, though, once there's a turnover. They don't count points yeah. after it. Yeah, they did, because that's exactly what happened, because I thought the same thing when the scores like was going through it was like 3930 overtime. And I was like, how could that have been a score? And when I, I looked- thought so I thought as soon as there was like an interception or turn- turnover on like the second down in the first team score points, it was just a dead ball. Because I've, I've just seen them yeah. like, blow I don't the know what the official rules are. I just know that that's what the score was and when I looked it up because I was trying to figure it out I looked it up and I was like oh I guess that's how it happened no it did not go to overtime all right well I guess I was just I was when I was watching it Virginia Tech did come back and then Virginia I guess must have started to pull away again so yes actually Megan I will give you credit because it says that they won on a 48 yard field goal with a minute 23 left and then they sealed it with a defensive score so there you go okay similar but not overtime okay okay so none of us got that one. The next game up was Cincinnati and Memphis. So Memphis did end up winning 34-24. Um, Megan, I think you took Cincy. I did. And okay, Amy and I took Memphis. Did yeah. you watch it, Megan? No, I didn't watch it. But I... <laughs> Please stop putting us on the spot. Did you watch it? Uh, no. <laughs> I, know, no. I, feel like I don't even care. I'm like, nope, didn't watch it. I was watching other games. Um, but I think Cincinnati did beat the spread. I know, but we didn't pick with the spread. Remember, we technically picked straight up winners. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Megan's really not paying attention to the segment. Um, okay, Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson did win 38-3. to We all got this one. No surprise there. Did you guys have any comments about mad. the game? It makes me mad that they are playing their best football right now because it's just so, like, typical. Like, ugh. I just still think that once they play somebody real, they're going to get killed, but... Gotta wait for the playoffs because there's nobody in the ACC that can play with them. Yeah, definitely not Virginia. Yeah. Well, game I know we all watched, Alabama-Auburn. Um, you and Megan got this one right. What are your thoughts on the game? I mean, it was a really good game. Very good game. That's I a- love the play at the end when yeah. they lined their putter up in the wide receiver <laughs> slot to trick mm-hmm. Alabama and it totally worked and Nick Saban was like losing his mind saying that it was like unfair and cheap and I'm just like dude like that's part of the game if you don't recognize that that's your own team's fault you can't have 12 guys out there you know what I mean like I thought it was brilliant play what he did was he wanted more time to substitute but he didn't need to substitute he just needed to pull one off because they didn't have you, you, you. The defense can only sub if the offense doesn't. The offense didn't sub anybody. They just lined their punter up at a wide receiver slot. They were trying to sub. They were confused and they were trying to substitute. And so I think his point was that they should have been given more time to like adjust and like get the player off the field or whatever. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying that that's what his complaint was. Well, but I mean, because so it, it wasn't like confusion where they were running around. It, it was like everyone was lined up and still like waiting for the ball to be snapped. So I mean, I guess it, to me though it doesn't really like yeah like can't have 12 people out there I don't know I just I liked the um the mind games I do think that it was a little wrong that Auburn got the field goal off at the end of the half because I was gonna ask how you guys felt about the one second back on the clock if we only had flashbacks to Texas if the if the refs had been like right the first time and just they, they never would have gotten the ball he mm-hmm. never would have been able to down, ground it or anything within one second and kick it. So they only got to kick that because of the rest incompetence, which, yeah, that's not fair. But right. I mean, it is part of the game, I guess. So don't throw two pick sixes there, you know, by your quarterback. You you know, you got to find a way to win somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that that wasn't fair. But. 
Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a really good game. Um, yeah, the Alabama quarterback did exactly what you couldn't do. You just couldn't have any big mistakes, yeah. and he he threw those too. So that was the, the that thing was still because there was a field goal difference. So if yeah. they been like he they still could have gotten away with it if they had just made the field goal at the end. But yeah, as prone to kicking errors. So I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I actually thought Mac Jones played really well for that kind of a game. Yeah, that kind of pressure. I mean, he hasn't ever experienced anything like that. And I thought even he did throw the two pick sixes, but it was like he got right back in the next play. He was able to, yeah, throw, you know, some really good passes. And so I I think they couldn't have asked for him to do any better. I think Alabama's real weakness was their defense. Yeah, when they like scored, because it was like 10-10. And then by the time they went in at half, it was like 30 what was it? Like, I don't know, but they, they scored a bunch of points within a very short amount of time. And it, it was like, is this a big 12 game? What's going on? Well, goodbye to Alabama being in the college football playoffs. First time ever. That's right. We say gleefully when we haven't made it, but anyway, yeah. um, the other game I know we all watched was Ohio state, Michigan. We all called this one. And I, again, had zero doubt, even though Michigan went down the field and scored, I was like, Ohio State is going to roll. They did. What were you guys' takeaways? I mean, Ohio State is just very dominant. You know, they were really good. Even I think even when they're playing a good team, they find a way to come out and dominate. And I think that's what we saw. Because I think Michigan is a good team. I know they, they weren't at the beginning of the season. But I they agree. together. And they, they played well. I think they fought hard. And Ohio State still just completely supported them. Um, no. what was the final score of that game? 56 to 27. Okay, because Caden was like, well, Ohio State didn't score 56 on us. <laughs> yeah. He was like, all like proud that we, um, held, held, that's kept right, buddy. But, um, Michigan was like the 13th ranked team in the country. They're, that's not like an unranked team or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so when it, it's just that big of a blowout in a top ranked team playing, you know, the number one. I just, I cannot wait for the playoffs. I just hope that it was this game. And then was it the concert? I don't know. Justin Fields um got like hurt a couple times. I just hope he doesn't get hurt in like the conference championship and then like can't play or something. Cause well, yeah, I, he went down in this game and they showed the replay and they're like, it's so terrible. And then like, he like hopped up and jogged back on. I was like, okay. Touchdown. Like a, yeah, it did look like his knee got hyperextended or something, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this like a serious injury? And then, yeah, he was back out, and I was like, oh, okay, well. It's like part of their scheme. They're like, quick, I back hurt, and then we're going to run it. I think there's, he's so used to, like, never getting touched because of his O-line that when he gets tackled, he's like, oh, I'm hurt. And then he's like, oh, wait, maybe I'm not. Like, I don't know. That's my theory. But I'm just, yeah, I just think he, like, hardly ever gets tackled. Anyway. Next game. Um, so everyone got OSU. Next game. I called this one Wisconsin at Minnesota. I will say the weather conditions were definitely more suitable for Wisconsin, but I will go throw it back to all my podcasts where I said, I will say that Minnesota is a good team. If they beat two teams, my two teams they had to beat were Iowa and Wisconsin and they failed on both. So I rest my case. They obviously are a little bit better than I originally thought, but still um, Wisconsin ended up winning 38, 17 Wisconsin. I thought looked pretty darn good, mm-hmm. better than I think they've looked in a while. Yeah, no, I think that was surprising because in my mind, I was still a little bit unsure about how good Minnesota was, but I definitely think Wisconsin had flipped from, in my mind at least, from like a really good team to like they're on their way downhill fast and for them to bounce back and look as good as they did in that game, that really surprised me. Yeah, I do think that um, the weather like kind of took, because I mean, Wisconsin very much is a ground, a ground game team. And Minnesota, their strength is definitely in the passing. So I do think that that had something to do with it. And then I think it was just a case of, like, they got down and just, like, emotionally got taken out of the game. Um, I still maintain that Minnesota should have beaten Iowa, and they should have. That was just their own fault that they didn't. But, like, the Wisconsin game, yeah, I think they just kind of emotionally got taken out of the game. And then um, I just hope that they get a bowl game against, like, an SEC. Because I... I do think they're a strong team and I think that they can show up really well in a bowl game. And I just hope that it's like an SEC team or something where we can just show the big 10, you know, strength. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll play Texas and they can steamroll Texas. Do you guys want to know something disgusting? Do you know who's bowl eligible? (laughs) Is Tennessee. Tennessee is bowl eligible. Yeah. Yeah, They really turned that ship around halfway through this 
Titanic like came back out out of the water. <laughs> Titanic rose back up from the yeah, like, of the seafloor. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I just really hope they play somebody and show like our strength of conference. So yeah. Last game here, kind of sad. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. We all picked and we're rooting for Okie State and the Mullet to get it done. Um, they did fall 34 to 16 to Oklahoma. I didn't get to watch this one. I was hoping the high-powered offense could do it, but they couldn't stop Oklahoma. Yeah. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? I did watch it, and I think Oklahoma knows that they have to start getting some style points if they want to even have a chance at the playoff. Yeah. I do think the game, Oklahoma State fumbled on a key drive. They were, like, marching early, and if they had – um there was a couple of times that they could have scored and like brought the game close again and they just failed. They fumbled one time and then I don't remember what happened. I think there was another turnover and it was just kind of like they could have been turning points of the game to keep it close to the end and then they just didn't. So, but yeah, Oklahoma has a chance at getting into the playoffs because Utah's playing Oregon, Georgia's playing LSU. And LSU rolls Georgia, Georgia will be out. Okay, and they, and they should be. Here's the thing. Whoever be. loses Georgia or LSU, they should be out. But if Georgia wins, I think LSU will still yeah. be in as well, which yeah. I don't think is fair or right, but I think that's how it is. So if LSU rolls over Georgia, and if Oregon can just like either keep it close or beat Utah... Because here's the thing, Oklahoma is playing Baylor, and the playoff committee has Baylor ranked higher than Oregon, so they would have a better win under their belt. So if they can make a stronger win than Utah has, mm-hmm. then I think they can still they could leapfrog over Utah and get in. If yeah, Georgia can fall out. So it's yeah. it'll be really interesting to see what happens this weekend and see who gets in. Then I like not knowing who's going to be selected because it's just like when everyone knows it's like there's no anticipation and stuff but I like there being like oh we don't know who's going to get in and stuff so I just really hope that there's a mix up and there's not two SEC teams in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah I'm going to lose my mind if they get another two SEC teams in when Alabama has fallen out. I'm going to lose it. Okay well let's hope that doesn't happen then. (laughs) We need LSU to win. We need Utah to win. We need Utah to win, and we need LSU to have a dominant win. Well, yes. all need we need, all we need is Utah to win. We just need LSU what? to win big, and then Georgia oh. will be out, and either Utah or Oklahoma will be in. Then yes, that's all so we need. Speaking of you, okay. Speaking of all of these games, <laughs> let's go ahead and make our picks for championship weekend. We'll go to the Pac-12 first. The Utah-Oregon game is Friday night. Utah is favored by six and a half. Who do you guys have? I want to take Utah because I'm going to be rooting very, very hard for them. So come on, Utes. Let's go. Okay. Amy? Um, Yeah, I do think Utah has a good defense. And I also think this is like their first chance at ever. I mean, this is the highest they've ever been. So I do think they definitely have more to lose than Oregon. But I don't know if that translates to them playing better or to them playing like scared and nervous you know so this one's kind of a toss-up for me um I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon won but I I would like to see here's the thing I I kind of want okay sorry I just gotta talk through this for a second I kind of want Oklahoma to get in because I think they have a better chance at taking out Uh a Clemson or an LSU whoever they're you know like I guess they would be four and playing Ohio State, so it wouldn't really matter. But I just don't see Utah making a dent in the playoff. Like, if they actually get in, I don't see them beating anybody. Okay. So, I just uh, I just don't even know. Okay, um, we're going on an hour 20, so let's go ahead and make these picks quick. Okay, I'm going to pick Oregon. I'm, say, I'm picking Oregon because I'm the spread. It, they just have an advantage. They can lose and still cover. So, I'm just going to pick Oregon. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick Oregon as well, mostly, I think, because I'm kind of rooting for that to happen. Next game is the Big 12. Baylor is playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by eight and a half. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma. Um, I'm taking Oklahoma, too. I know that the first game they only won by a field goal, but they had, like, three or four turnovers, I think. And, like, one of them, is, as Jalen was, like, diving into the end zone. So they should have had a lot more points the first game. They should have beat Baylor by a lot more. And I think with their chance at getting possibly, you know, outside chance getting into the playoffs, I think that they will win by more than eight and a half. So I'm picking Oklahoma. I'm going with Oklahoma. 
because for the same reasons, I think if they can come back 25 points in one half, then if they play two halves of football, they will easily be Baylor. Yeah. It'd be fun to see Baylor win because I'd like to see what would happen if Oregon beats Utah and Baylor beats Oklahoma. I would love to see the committee put Baylor in as the fourth team. I mean, they're going to get slaughtered, but I don't know. It'd just be kind of fun to see that. I, I don't think that that would happen. Who do you think would go then? Well, I think Georgia wouldn't fall that far. Like, I don't. I just don't think there's a shot at Baylor getting in. Um, Even if LSU blows out Georgia, Baylor beats Oklahoma and Oregon beats Utah, you don't think Baylor would go? As the only one lost team. Well, aren't they? Aren't they like eighth or ninth? What are they? Aren't they eighth? I think they're seventh right now. They're oh, right behind Oklahoma. I thought they were two behind them. They might be eight. Oh. There's eight. I just, I just don't see Georgia falling that many spots, losing to LSU, and Baylor jumping that many spots. I guess. Although the playoff committee has surprised me. I didn't see Wisconsin get like I don't know. They, they do things that are unpredictable. What is this? All right. Hi, Benji. <laughs> okay, let's go, guys. Let's get through. He's this. waiting for me to go to bed. Okay, so the SEC championship is going to be Georgia playing LSU. LSU. I will take LSU. LSU all day long. I don't know who made this spread, but they deserve to be fired because I was shocked. I thought this spread would be double digits. Yeah, it should have been. And uh, the, the only reason Georgia would ever ever be LSU is if they played in like a like how Minnesota Wisconsin game was and there's like snow and ice which those southern boys have never seen before and Georgia has like the ground game I think favorite in a dome but it's down south it's in a dome so that's not gonna happen I'm just saying that's that would be the only chance that Georgia would have at beating LSU or keeping it close so yeah LSU by a lot yeah okay so we're all on the same page there LSU the ACC championship a real nail biter Virginia is going to be playing Clemson the spread is 29. That should tell you right there that you've got a problem when your championship game is 29. Yeah. Well, anyway. I'm going to take Clemson. I feel like they know that they have. I mean, I'm going to take Clemson. You think they'll cover the 29? I do. Okay. Yeah. The only way I see Virginia covering is if Trevor Lawrence starts like throwing a bunch of picks again, which I guess is possible, but I'm going to pick Clemson just because I don't so, um, think Virginia sucks. The only thing I can see them not covering is if they're up by like 17, 20 points in the fourth quarter and they pull Trevor Lawrence, like they start to pull their starters and it gets a little bit closer. I don't think they would pull them up by 17 points. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like. They're up by a lot. They're not going to because they want to prove that they should be respected the way Ohio State and LSU are being respected. I mean, did you hear Dabo's tirade about how no one wants them in the playoff and blah, blah, blah? Well, it's because they're not good. Yeah, it's because you haven't played anyone, dude. Anyway, yeah, he's kind of one of the most annoying people to me. Last championship, the Big Ten, Ohio State is playing Wisconsin. Speaking of large spreads, Ohio State is favored by 16. That's at least a little bit, that's, that's a yeah, lot more respectable. respectable no, I, I know, but it's, and I think, I don't think it's because. I'm taking Ohio State. I think it's because Ohio State is ridiculous. So good. Yeah, it's not because of a bad conference. Um, Yeah, I've got to pick Ohio State too. That's like two touchdowns and a field goal and they're covering, so. Yeah, well, how much did they beat Wisconsin by the first time? I mean, 20-some, 30? I don't remember. It was like 20-something, 28 maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think they can do it again. So I'll take Ohio State as well. The last question I have for you guys is who is your number four team in the playoffs? You're saying like after these games? Yeah, after these games, who do you think? Come on, Utah. Okay, Utah is Laura's. I just have this really bad feeling that it's going to be a close game. And because of what happened last year and everyone saying Georgia should have been in after they lost to Alabama, I just have this bad feeling it's going to be Georgia. Okay. Well, I've already said I'm kind of rooting for chaos because I'd like to see them put Baylor in, but I think the most likely scenario is Oklahoma. And I honestly, I wouldn't be disappointed with that because I think that they are the number four team that would put up the biggest fight. That's, that's, such that's a drop where off I'm at with that. Four. No matter who gets in, number four is like, they're not going to advance in my opinion. Right. But I think Oklahoma would be the most interesting. So they yeah, make I, agree. I agree with that. And that's what I would want to see. But I don't. I just I just have this like bad feeling that it's going to be two SEC teams. In. 
All right. Well, we'll have to watch these games. and Also, I won the picks for last week. Oh. I'd just like to make note. Congratulations. First time ever. Good job. No, I won last week as well. You did not. I'm on a hot streak. Yes, I did. No, you did I, not. Yes, I, I did because we all picked the same ones except for the Arizona State game. Oh, that one. I thought we were talking about the week before. I just think okay. if we counted Way up to get yourself in that conversation. I just think if we counted up all the games of all year, if we did that many picks, I think I would win. Okay, but you also study and bet on them a lot more than we do, so it makes sense. How do you know that I study and bet? That's a little creepy. <laughs> Okay, well, I know you well. Oh, you said study and bet. I thought you said study in bed. <laughs> How do you know that? Okay, well, we all know now. You have a people. No, but I... Okay, well, I was... Solid segment, that. lady. Solid segment. All right, we're looking forward to watching okay. the matchups this week, and we will see who comes in at number four. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content. Um, I do not think it went to overtime. That sound. <laughs> Sorry. I had a little little cartoon penguin pop up. <laughs> I like to call myself at night by playing a little bit of Beethoven.